today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You're having a conflict or an argument, or as pastors, you know, in their marriages, they call it intense fellowship. And so you're going at it. Why don't you take the lead? Be a man. Man up, as we say. Take the lead and humble yourself. And when you humble yourself, God will lift you up. But if you exalt yourself, you're going down. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. Pastor J.D. will talk today to husbands and wives, addressing their role in the marriage and in the church. The Bible has a lot to say about each person's role in the church, as well as in the home, and it all melds together to create healthy followers. Listen today with open ears and hearts to learn from the Lord. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Show me a husband who loves his wife. I'll show you a wife who respects her husband. That's how it works. Oh, I wish I would have learned that early on. I could have saved myself a lot of misery, a lot of suffering, a lot of heartache, a lot of silent treatments. You know how that works, right? You know, sometimes lasting for, you know, two, three days. I'm not going to apologize. She needs to apologize to me. Well, how's that working out for you? You know, as husbands, we, you know, I'm the leader in my home. I wear the pants in my family. Well, here's the thing. Your wife chooses which pair of pants you're going to wear. I'm the head of my house. Okay, your wife's the neck part of the same body. And that's the problem, isn't it? So this is the way God has wired the woman. I'm sorry for saying it that way, but for lack of a better way of saying it, God has made her in such a way that she responds with respect to love. Absent that love, an unloved woman, an unloved wife, the Proverbs says that that's one of the things that is just, the earth cannot stand up under. It is just, you know, so out of order to have a wife that is not loved by her husband. This is not necessarily, chiefly, a teaching on marriage, but certainly you can see the application of it. Husbands, listen, I just want to talk to you man to man. We need to be the man that God's called us to be. And then and only then can we have the wife that we want her to be. Because that's the way God has made her. You can't go against that. It's been said that the wife needs three A's. Affection, affirmation, and attention. And the way God has made the wife to be is that she needs to feel that she's the most important person in your life, husband, next to the Lord. 
if she's competing with friends, hobbies, sports, football, anything else, then you're going to pay the price, and probably already are. It's a wise husband who realizes that if his wife feels like she's the most important person in his life, she'll be so secure, she'll let him go golfing for four hours. You know, picture the husband with his golf clubs on his back. Where are you going, honey? I'm going to go golfing. Again? Yeah. Wow. How do you rate? The Apostle Paul is echoing to the Ephesian church that which he is saying here in his letter to Timothy concerning headship and leadership. If you think about it, it has to be this way, right? Because if you have two heads, that's an abnormality. (laughs) There's only one head. The head of the man is Christ, the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God the Father. This is God's ordained authority structure. And it's for this reason that the man is the head over the woman. However, man's headship, man's leadership must be one that is sacrificial as Christ's love is, and loving as Christ's love is. When you love her in that way, that's the only way, because that's the way God's ordained it. I know I've shared in the past, whenever I do a wedding, which is probably why I don't get asked to do a lot of weddings anymore, (laughs) but I always put the husband or the groom, soon to be husband on the spot. And I do it out of Ephesians 5, where we just read. And I'm again learning the hard way. I, I, now I give them a heads up, again, no pun intended. Whereas before, I just, I would spring it on them. And they're up there. She's in her wedding dress, just so beautiful. And he's so nervous. And they're standing there. And I'm uh, reading Ephesians 5, where Paul says, Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. And then to the woman, and respect your husband. And I look at the man and I say, How are you going to love her that way? (laughs) It's kind of a tall order, right? (laughs) Love her as much as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her? Love her as you love your own body and care for it? Love her as you love yourself? How are you going to do that? I had one, one groom say, I don't know. I don't know. What am I, what am I going to do? There's no way you can unless you have the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love. The only way you can love her that way is by the love that God gives you for her. It is an inexhaustible, endless supply. (laughs) I know I've shared this before. I hope you don't tire of me sharing this, but it's probably one of the funniest 
examples from my own marriage uh, in all of the years. It was early on in our marriage, and I, I looked to my wife, and I, I was just having one of those deep, spiritual, profound moments, you know, being this godly man that I am. Just ask me, I'll tell you how godly I am. <laughs> full of pride, full of myself. And I looked to my wife, and I just had this tone. And I said, honey, I love you with a love that can only come from God. I put a little bit of, you know, King James reverb in it, you know. It can only come from God. And I was fully expecting her to throw herself onto me and give me a Velcro hug and, oh honey, I'm so blessed that you're hus- my husband. And she didn't do that. Instead, she gave me that look that only a wife can give. And it was, I'm going to be careful here. You know how when a dog is not, you know, quite, you know, they, they tilt their head. That's a bad example. Okay, scratch that. But she just gave me that look like, what? I'm like, talk about, I was so confused. I'm like, wait, what, did you hear what I just said? It's just looking at me like, you mean that I'm so unlovable that the only way you can love me is if God gives you love for me? And she started to cry. I'm like, what in the world? How, how did you, where, where did you get that? That's not at all what I meant. Anyway. I think I slept on the couch for about a week after that. (laughs) But the point is, is that that's true. That love that you have, husband, for your wife, it comes from Him. The God who is love, not just has love, He is love. That's who He is. And the only way you can love her in that way is that way. Man, you'll forgive me for spending a lot of time on this, but when it comes to marriage, the wife is the reflection of her husband. How about that? Like a thermostat sets the temperature according to the thermometer, so too does the woman set the temperature to the man. You wonder why she's cold? You need look no further than this. She's setting herself. She's a reflection of you. If you're mistreating her, if you're talking down to her, And I think about what Peter says, very specific. It's a very interesting passage of Scripture. In fact, it's the only time in the New Testament that this word is used, where Peter says, husbands, your prayers are going to bounce off the ceiling and be hindered if you're not dwelling, interesting word, in understanding with your wife, sensitive to your wife. Not only will will your 
prayers be hindered. But what you're missing is that she's the joint heir with you. And somehow you've looked down on her and seen her as inferior to you. We'll talk about that more in a minute. If a man is submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ as his head, then the woman will in turn be more willing to submit to the man's authority as her head. Can I say it like this? She won't be able to resist. She will find your submission to Jesus Christ irresistible. Why? Because that's how God made her. Again, that's how God wired her, for lack of a better metaphor. I want to take it a step further and suggest that this also applies to the church as well, in the sense that the leadership must be submitted to God. This is why Paul in verses 5 through 7 says, there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's the standard, if you will, the example, the model. After establishing this order, he provides a detailed explanation related to men in authority and women not usurping the man's authority. And that's why we have the detail that we have in this passage. Let's first talk about men having God-given authority in verses 8 through 11. Notice that Paul in verse 8, first and foremost, addresses the man. And I love this because we live in a day and age where men are not men. I'm sorry. I mean, it's like, as we're going to talk about in a moment, we're going to talk about a lot of things in a moment. We'll get there. But isn't it interesting that manhood has been dismantled in our society? Who do you think's behind that? Hello? You know, I, I almost titled today's sermon, When Men Are Men. I thought, now that's, that's really up in your grill kind of stuff. So but I just did it, so why not? (laughs) I guess that'll be the subtitle. But no, think about that. When men are really men. Guys, I'm going to let you in on a secret. You already know this, but we need to be reminded of this. You know what women really want? No, tell me. (laughs) Man, you write a book, what women really want. Bestseller right away, just by the title. You know what women really want? They want you to be a man. That's what they really want. They're looking to you to be a man. Be a man. God made you a man. He made me the woman. I don't want to be the man. I'm pretty sure you don't want to be the woman. Or do you? (laughs) No, I don't want to go there. But you get the point, right? (laughs) Be a man. You know, we want to take leadership. You know, I'm the leader in my home. Well, then why don't you take the lead in this area too? What do you mean? Oh, 
We want to take the lead. I'm the leader of the home. Well, what about when there's a conflict or a problem or an issue? Why don't you take the lead in that? So you're having a conflict or an argument, or as pastors, you know, in their marriages, they call it intense fellowship. And so you're going at it. Why don't you take the lead? Be a man. Man up, as we say. Take the lead and humble yourself. And when you humble yourself, God will lift you up. But if you exalt yourself, you're going down. Here's an example, and it's probably one of the best examples, especially in the context of a marriage. And and again, from my own marriage and my own experience in my own life. So you've got this, you're going at it, man. It's intense. Me, what about you? That's the pot calling the kettle black. There are two words you should never use in the heat of the moment. Those two words are always and never. You always fill in the blank. You never fill in the blank. Man, them are fighting words. And here's the man, right, totally in the flesh. Come on, guys, let's be honest. We're in the flesh. Oh, yeah. Well, you never. You. (laughs) What if you did this, guys? You're going at it. You never. You always. Say, you know what, honey? You're right. (laughs) I'm sorry. She's going to look at you like, What'd you do with my husband? Who are you? Who is this man before me? (laughs) She's going to melt. No, she might, again, you'll forgive the uh, metaphor, but she might take your temperature first to see if you're real. And there's something about the wife. They can, can, if it's fake, they're going to see right through it. Nice try. Nice try. What do you want? (laughs) You know how it works, right? So, but because that's how God's made them, they will just melt. And then, here's here's what's happened in our marriage. So, I'll say, you know what, honey, you're right, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. And then you go back at it again on the other way. You've never done that? Okay, well, (laughs) bad example then. But you just humble yourself and you say, you know what, I'm going to take the lead and I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to go to the Lord with this. Dare I say it would change the marriage dynamic in your home and the family dynamic too. So, He first addresses the men and exhorts them to lift up holy hands and pray. Stop right there. A godly man is a man of prayer. A man of God is a man of prayer. Don't think for a second that when the wife sees that the husband is praying, you'll forgive me for saying that will turn her on. That's all I'm going to say right there. I'm going to leave it right there. Because that's the way God made her. 
You want to talk about the temperature and the thermostat and the thermometer? Woo! And you're praying for her? Guys, when was the last time your wives caught you in the act of praying for her? She's going, oh, 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 wow. And one more thing along those lines. Guys, why is it that when you're courting, I know that's a very foreign word to young people, it's a courtship where you're courting them before you get married. <laughs> I mean, you can call it dating, call it whatever you want, but it's a courtship. So you're, you're on your best behavior. You open the door for them. Wow. You buy flowers. I mean, you're turning on the romance, right? And then once you've got them and you get married, you don't open the door for them anymore. It's more like this. Come on, get in. We're late. Wow, that didn't last very long. Women are like, as one explained, like that beautiful plant that needs to be watered and nurtured and taken care of, and they'll flourish and bear fruit. So he says, lift up holy hands and pray. And very interesting, he says, without arguing or disputing or anger. Uh, the reason that's interesting to me is because I think it speaks to how men can be mean. There I said it. Men can just be mean. Angry men. Grouchy, grumpy. Especially when you come home from work. You've had a long day. Have you thought that maybe your wife has had a long day? I mean, after all, she's been with the kids all day. You come home after work and you walk in that front door, leave me alone! Wow. Grumpy again. And it's all about, you need to serve, where's dinner? You need to serve me. It's all about me. And you sit in that recliner, turn on the TV, and your wife is withering. You know, she needs an adult conversation. Because all she's had all day is the kids to talk to. So you come home and maybe just listen and let her talk. Let her vent. Even if you have to bite your tongue, which might be most of the time. And don't try to, you know, defend yourself or inject or, you know, fix. We're, that's what guys do. They don't need your mouth. They need your shoulder. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from 1 Timothy with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading. If you're not part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. This can be found on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of 1 Timothy together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of 1 Timothy on In Spirit and Truth. 